Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner. This is the other voice that you hear. Tim Foss. Of course, Ari Lillian Wall. This has been an extremely weird podcast. Getting dragged all day. So the bottom line is they, they don't have an answer to that. There's a reason they got signed to first team contracts. And if you're not going to give them respect for that, then have fun losing again next Very year. special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of the Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian how are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast, or I guess maybe we're going to call this a, uh, a joint podcast with Coffee and Valkyries, uh, because we are talking about the OL Rain Sounders doubleheader that's coming up in August. Uh, joining us today is Jacob Cristobal of Ride of the Valkyries and the host of Coffee and Valkyries. Uh, welcome to the Sounder at Heart podcast, Jacob, who I would think people of the listeners of this feed will at least be familiar with his with his voice and his work. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's up, Jeremiah? How's it going? Good. So, First off, let's let's just uh, I'll let you introduce this a little bit more. What can you tell us about what's happening with this doubleheader? Uh, when is it, and and how is it affecting? Start with rain season ticket holders. Well, first off, this doubleheader, or at least just the the reality that OL Rain are finally going to be playing a game at um, the big stadium in downtown Seattle, has been basically been. Uh, years in the making of uh, fans dreaming and speaking it into existence. And we know that the rain have been working at it actively for years on it and have come close to getting uh, a game at CenturyLink or now Lumen Field. And for various reasons, mostly with just um, logistics of setting up the stadium, getting the field ready, it just hasn't happened. But finally, here we are. Um, yeah, Sunday, August 29th, um, OL Rain's going to be hosting uh, the Portland Thorns. And then in the nightcap, you're going to have the Sounders hosting the Portland Timbers. And it's um, pretty wild, really, as to finally it's happening after, you know, like I said, years of fans basically wishing, speaking into existence. And it's, you know, we're just two months away from it. Yeah, it's so the the way it looks like it's it's showing up uh, for Sounders fans is that it's automatically essentially part of your season ticket package. It's unclear if this is what they're counting as the 18th game. We've heard some fans say that's what uh, ticket reps have been telling them, but I haven't been able to mm-hmm. confirm that with the Sounders. But otherwise, tickets are now on sale. I think only for Sounders fans. I think only through a five pack. Like you can buy a five pack. Uh, there's two different five game packs that you can buy. One of them essentially includes six games and is a little bit more expensive and it includes, the, which includes this game, but the other one uh, has five games as well. I don't think the individual tickets have gone on sale. Do you know if the, if rain have been rain season ticket holders have been told if they can, if they have an exclusive window to buy tickets yet? Um so you and I are talking on Friday, this is Friday afternoon. As of right now, we have not received any uh, word as to when the supposed uh, pre-sale for rain season ticket holders is going to be for this match. Um, 
I think it's one of those things where they're just kind of, I think one, obviously trying to work out the logistics of, in terms of, I imagine what sort of seats are, could be available for mm -hmm. um, season ticket holders to try and buy, like whether they're going to be all over the, the stadium or like in certain designated sections. And then I think two would be, you know, how much of a discount is it going to be for rain season ticket holders so that, you know, they don't feel like they're having to pay more than what they normally would for, you know, a rain match at Cheney Stadium. Um, and I think the third part is just kind of like what you and I have discussed, uh, you know, offline and kind of what everyone else has been hoping for. It's like, we don't know yet for certain that um, sports stadiums are going to be allowed to go back into full capacity. We, you know, pretty much expect it to, but I think right. we're all just waiting for the official government green light to say, okay, you know, events at Lumen Field, events at T-Mobile Park, et cetera, can go to full capacity. And I think that's when they can then really finalize the details of like, okay, if we are going to offer a section for rain season ticket holders, where is that section going to be? And then obviously also make it um, as affordable as they can in terms of having a, a good enough discount to where it feels like a rain fan doesn't have to pay more than they normally would to watch a rain match because they're going into obviously a much bigger and, you know, and more expensive stadium. So what, um, what's been the reaction to rain season ticket holders? Are they excited about this? Are they annoyed that instead, like, do you have a sense of, of if it's, this is more excitement about being in the stadium or if there's a, a loud, but maybe, minority voice that are upset about not having all the games at Cheney? I'd like to think for the most part, uh, season ticket holders are excited about finally having uh, a game uh, at the big stadium. I think whatever concerns and, you know, possible criticisms they have about, you know, how much is it going to be, uh, where their, you know, seats are going to be, how much the discounts are going to be. It's mm -hmm. just based on, we just don't know, um, you know, that info is just not available yet. I mean, the sure. pre-sale pre window is not uh, open for them. They haven't relayed, you know, the rain haven't relayed that yet to season ticket holders. So I think it's an understandable concern of just that unknown part. And until, you know, we see that info, out and you know relate to season ticket holders we just have to kind of we just have to wait and see and i understand after this past year of waiting and seeing it's like we can't you know how much more waiting and see can we do with just about anything but you know unfortunately just where we are right now it's you know we're still in, right we're still in, we're barely into mid-june the game's not until the last weekend of august you know we just have to wait a little bit more time fair enough fair enough so uh you know, if you can walk, I know this is not the first time that we've heard that it's not like this rumor came out of nowhere. You know, mm -hmm. you mentioned kind of speaking this into existence, but the the reality is that the the rain have come reasonably close to to playing games at at CenturyLink or Lumen Field in the past. You know, I I reported back in 2014 that they were all set to host uh, the NWSL Cup at at Lumen Field, but then. ESPN basically put the kibosh on it because it would have required them to play the game, I think, a day earlier, mm -hmm. and they didn't have a window to, to play it in. Yeah. And so they, they basically uh, vetoed that attempt. But the Sounders and Rain were both on board with that. Uh, back in, you know, we know in, in 2000, before they moved to 
Tacoma for the 2019 season, uh, the rain had actually explored the possibility of moving yep. into uh, CenturyLink as well. They, uh, if I, if I remember correctly, they actually thought they were going to do that. Uh, like mm-hmm. they were they were preparing to do it, and then once the details of how much it was going to cost on a per game basis became apparent, that became prohibitively expensive. You know, mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what uh, I was told, but the the sense I got was that unless they could average 10,000 fans a game, which would have been the second highest attendance in the NWSL, mm-hmm. uh, they really wouldn't be able to afford it. Uh, but there's been some other times, right, that they've come pretty close. Yeah. Um, you know, those two instances that you mentioned are like the two most, I think, clear or clearest ones of like, they were almost close. There was a game in the 2017 season that um, when the NWSL games were on uh, the Lifetime Network, um, there was a Rain Thorns game that would have been the game of the week broadcast, which I, it was kind of inferred at the time that it would, uh, you know, where would they be playing because Memorial Stadium was just not, does not have the infrastructure to uh, do a TV broadcast. And it was kind of uh, guesstimated that it probably would have been at CenturyLink Field, but Again, when you're dealing with an NFL stadium where the primary tenant is an NFL team, you, you know, they get the first dibs on, you know, you know, using the stadium even for the days to prepare it for an NFL game, whether it be preseason or regular season. So, and, you know, Sounders uh, games have been affected by, um, you know, the wants and needs of an of the Seahawks needing to prep their field for a game, you know, within 48 to 24 hours. Um, so yeah, there was an instance in 2017 where they came close, but I think once the Seahawks uh, schedule came out, it was determined that there was a preseason game that kind of basically um, bumped them off uh, playing there because they needed to prep the field in time for that. And so do you get this, have you gotten any sense as to if this is a one-off event or if this is more of a trial event that could have, you know, either an annual game or maybe even multiple games a year uh, at CenturyLink? Um, I talked with uh, O.L. O.L. Rancy of Bill Fredmore last weekend about the, you know, prospect of it being more than just a one-off and he's, uh, Obviously, his most optimistic thought is that, you know, it wouldn't be a one-off. They'd be back there for an annual game. But from where we all stand with uh, two months left before the game actually happens, I think everyone's just going to wait and see um, how it's going to go. So probably right now it's more of a trial to see how many people are going to be in the stands for that NWSL match. And then, um, you know, kind of see where, uh, how much of a demand there will be moving forward. Obviously, it would be pretty cool that they could have a setup kind of similar to what the Washington spirit of the NWSL do, or even um, O.L. Reigns um, family club uh, Lyon do where the most, the majority of Lyon's games or Washington Spirits games are played in much smaller uh, capacity stadiums, but they do um, have the option to go play at higher capacity uh, venues like um, Audi Field for Washington Spirit and Groupama Stadium for Lyon for their bigger matches. So if all goes well with the game on the 28th, it could very well be something, uh, the start of an annual tradition where 
the rain are hosting the thorns at Lumen Field or whenever, say, Angel City FC when they uh, join the league next year or even um, the NWCL San Diego team when they join next year. But if it all goes well, I don't see why they why all parties wouldn't be interested in doing an annual big game at Lumen Field because of, you know, we uh, of the demand and just how cool it is it would be to to see OL Rain playing at uh, the biggest sports stadium in the state. And really, with the way things could go this season with uh, this squad, with the arrival of uh, the Leon Trio, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of world class stars on this team, and for years to come, based on the relationship between uh, the Rain and Leon, that could very well uh, answer the demand for ha- wanting to uh, see have a bigger audience to watch uh, this team play. Yeah, you know, you you. You mentioned that this is the the rain or the uh, the OL rain the OL the Olympic Leon trio that are coming, uh, and they are just you know three of a pretty impressive roster that the the rain have now built. Uh, Rose Lavelle, of course, is is getting ready to join the team. Uh, Megan Rapino is here. What else can you tell us about this team and and the level of talent? I know you know the defector, which is not a site that covers women's soccer a ton. They just wrote something about how the, the rain are looking like a, a super club. Yeah. On paper, the rain are a super team. Um, of course it's on paper. We have to wait and see how it all gels onto the field because as accomplished as this uh, Leon trio is we're talking about uh, Boadi, Marajan and Laiso Mare, you know, it's, all of the great things they've done in uh, Europe and Champions League, how much is it going to carry over to the chaotic energy that is the NWSL? We just won't know until we actually see them play and uh, how this uh, squad gels together. But yeah, on paper, this is a super team. You have these three very accomplished players from Europe. You have Rose Lavelle, um, who already in like the two starts she's had with the rain has shown flashes of what she can she can do individually and when she starts to click with everybody else that's on this team it's it's like watch out um of course megan rapino is still here jess fishlock is still here um the mix that this team has is really interesting and if it all works out on paper it's very it's a it's a very uh offensive um firepower squad it's kind of like it'd be they're kind of forming their own offensive juggernaut the way you've seen with um, the Seattle storm of the WNBA. So, you know, you've mentioned a few times, if all goes well with this game, do you get the sense that there's any real metrics that the rain are, are using to say like, okay, this is, this is what we're expecting. Or is it sort of a, we'll know it when we see it. Like if there's 40,000 fans, 50,000 fans, 60, I mean, like if there's like a high percentage of the, the, the Sounders crowd that shows up for this game, uh, is that considered a success or is there some other, like what, what is success for this game? I guess is the question. I think for when it comes to attendance numbers, those numbers you just uh, threw out there would be clear and cut a success for the team. Like obviously if, um, if 40,000 plus people are in the stands for the NWSL match, because, you know, they finally want to uh, see this team play um, then I can't imagine how that would not be an immediate success. And 
hit all the notes in terms of uh, the, the team are looking for in terms of like, okay, we can totally do this again and we want to do this again. Um, you know, it's been something that you and I uh, have kind of seen across uh, comment sections and discussed amongst our colleagues is that, you know, some uh, soccer fans of this region have always said, if the rain were playing a game at, um, you know, Century Lake now Lumen Field, they would go watch. Well, you know, here's your chance, folks. It's, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And, uh, you know, as much as everybody loves to turn out for Sounders Timbers, you know, you get to see first the rain versus the thorns. It's, you can't ask for um, a bigger match, you know, than this. Yeah, and I will say one thing that I think potentially works in favor of that is there's, I, I think, an hour and a half between the games. And that should get, you know, because it would be one thing if they were kind of stacked right on top of each other or if there were, you know, a big space between the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this at least allows people to get up and move around. I would like to think that they'll have some sort of in and out privileges uh for the game at that point, just because if people want to go outside the stadium, but at least you can get up from your seat, you can move around, you can get some food. It should be, you know, I I don't think it's that much to ask for people to spend five hours at a stadium. I mean, that's like going to a baseball game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Five hours in um, any place, you know, that's not your home is, you know, always a big ask for, but it's, like you said, you know, there's an hour and a half buffer between the two games. Hopefully, um, the stadium will have some will have and have an in and out uh, policy. So, you know, if you do go to the NWSL game and then you want to take um, a 30 minute walk outside to catch some pure uh, fresh air, you know, hopefully you'll be able to do that. I, I know. I'll say this. I'm 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 excited about this. I think this is something that I've been wanting to see for a while. Uh, I think it has a lot of potential and I would really hope that that Sounders fans come out for this. I mean, it's, it, and it's not just, you know, on, on one level uh, it's, it's, it's good to support the rain, but on another level, like this is some world-class soccer that we're going to be seeing. We're going to be seeing one of the most talented teams in the world. Uh, two of the most talented teams in the world, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the thorns and the, and the rain. And I would like to think that that fans will come out for this. And, uh, you know, one of the other little details I think is interesting is if this game draws more than 25,000 or so, it's technically, or maybe not technically, it's it'll be the biggest crowd to have ever watched an NWSL game. Now, I don't know what the plan is for the league in terms of like how they're going to count this for the record books. You know, the, the MLS for a long time, counted double headers as their highest attended games basically until the Sounders came on board and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they started kind of like putting uh, asterisks next to the the double headers and and the Sounders and then now they and to the point now where they have basically a separate uh, top 10 list of of double headers versus single mm-hmm. games but double headers are not something that's been part of the NWSL history almost at all I don't are there other have there been other uh, double headers like I, I like have the has RSL played double headers with the monarchs have the has United played double headers with the spirit um I don't know like the full history of uh NWSL double headers with either MLS or USL teams I just know the one that sticks out has stood out to me is the time um 
Chicago and Portland uh, agreed to do a double header mm. over in uh, Bridgeview. And um, I think it was a case of the MLS game was first and then like almost immediately right away, it was, it was a back-to-back. It was then the NWSL game. Mm. And um, I think what had happened there was um, fans who had attended the MLS game had just left and it just kind of went about their ways or just, I think if they're even traveling Portland fans, they just just opted to just uh, stay in their um, traveling buses. And um, because the MLS game had happened, they didn't want to hang around for the NWSL game. Ah. So there is, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I I understand that concern in terms of this double header in terms of like, who's going to show up for the NWSL game, or they're just going to skip it because they just want to show up for the MLS game. But like you said, there's an hour and a half buffer between the two games where hopefully, you know, somebody that goes to the NWSL game, you know, if they want or need to uses that half an hour and a half to, you know, really stretch out their legs, get whatever fresh air, you know, replenish on whatever food and drinks they want to, you know, and then go back into the stadium. Yeah. And I I think so. Going back to the days of the WUSA, I guess they had some, they had some doubleheaders with MLS teams, and at one point they drew almost thirty-seven thousand to one of the games. Um, of course, that was a different league. This was twenty years ago that that game <clears throat> happened, uh, and I don't know. I, I know back then it wasn't considered to be the best path forward for a variety of reasons, um, but I, I think as an I, as like rare events like this, I would think double headers make sense. Uh, yeah. Especially when you're talking about raising the profile of a team that frankly deserves our attention in the rain. And I would like to think that we'll see more games in at Lumen field, at least until uh, there's a, there's a proper soccer stadium in Tacoma, which uh, our colleague Susie Rance did some great reporting on this week. And it, and it looks like the rain are now, you know, the rain had kind of been kept at arm's length in terms of the negotiations over this thing, but it looks like they're, they're now planning to be, or they're at least behaving like they're full partners in the, or in the, in the, uh, in the planning to this stadium, which hopefully will, will push it up closer to like a 10,000 attendance instead Mm -hmm. of what was planned, like five or 6,000. I don't, do you get a sense of what sort of game changing, event that would be for the rain to have a, a 10,000 seat stadium in Tacoma? Oh, it, it's, it's, it'd be so massive. It's basically part of uh, Leon's, uh, you know, plans to basically create the Leon brand as like a global uh, soccer uh, dominant uh, brand, a, a 10,000 uh, seat stadium for the rain would obviously keep them in line with the ever growing and changing uh, needs of the NWSL as expansion is coming. And uh, obviously much more money uh, is uh, coming and perhaps overdue to women's soccer. But yeah, if they, um, them being, uh, having a proper seat at the table for this Tacoma stadium project, and if it can get to 10,000, like, it'd be um, everything that um, Bill Predmore and everyone that's ever been associated with the club, whether it be a player or a staff office staff member, they've all been uh, dreaming for. And, you know, it feels like it could be starting to make the steps towards that becoming a reality. Man, I'll tell you, I, I get, I get actual chills thinking about, like, I know how excited 
especially like Jess Fishlock and Megan Rapino have have said they are anytime they get to play in front of like a big supporter section. And I know ECS is is planning on showing out for the for this game. I'm like really excited at the prospect of them being able to play in front of like a massive supporter section of mm-hmm. of actually being able to have those fans rooting for them, not just kind of like egging them on the way they, they do uh, at Providence Park. Uh, but this is, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I know you guys have done some great coverage of this game and all the buildup and really hoping that we, uh, we get to see more of this kind of stuff in the future. Yeah, it's, it's all exciting. And we're all, you know, we've all been, uh, you know, like I said before, we've been dreaming for this day. And I think as we get closer and closer and then the day finally comes, uh, we just we won't know what to expect. Um, obviously, we are you know we're hopeful that you know thirty thousand plus or like you said forty thousand, fifty thousand, whatever you know, however many are going to be there to watch this NWSL game and finally see um, the rain and what could very well be like a really really good almost uh, Super Saiyan. It's over nine thousand power level team uh, by the time uh, August 29th rolls around. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's that's probably a good place to, to call this. Uh, thanks to Jacob Cristobal for coming on, uh, repping Coffee and Valkyries, Ride of the Valkyries. I am Jeremiah O'Shan signing off for the Sound at Heart podcast, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>